Happy Tuesday. I am so excited to get to share today's episode with you. It is a two-part episode. This past weekend, I had the opportunity to visit with a friend of mine, Parker Aiden, as part of a small business Saturday event in Pocahontas, Iowa. We were able to talk through all different sorts of issues that small business owners are faced with and how planning and goal setting can really help support small business owners in the growth of their business. So if you are a working mom and you are also a small business owner or you work for a small business, this episode is right up your alley. That being said, I think that any working mom is going to find a lot of the things that we discuss really applicable, especially to your work life. We talk about the connection between planning and goal setting and how combining those two really help you establish checkpoints while maintaining flexibility. So if you are wanting to get organized at work so that you can seize the right opportunities, this episode's for you. Let's do this. Do you want to feel less scattered and more focused, but the idea of goal setting sounds like adding more pressure to your already pressure-filled life? If so, welcome to the Plan Goal Plan Podcast. I'm Danielle McGue. I'm a professor, mom, planner addict, and recovering overachiever. After years of hustle and grind, I was tired of trying harder. I was ready to try easier. At the intersection of research, practice, and play, I found a purposeful path to planning and goal setting that is fun, simple, and sustainable. If you're ready to try easier, if you're ready to make memories and do meaningful work, grab a pen. I will equip you with tools and practices to clarify purpose, reclaim time, and achieve goals playfully and lightly. Let's get started. I am so excited for today's guest. Today's guest is Parker Aiden, and he is a 2019 graduate from the University of Northern Iowa, a past student of mine who has grown up and is doing so many amazing (laughs) things. And he serves as the executive director of the Pocahontas Chamber of Commerce. He's also the manager of the Rialto Theater in Pocahontas. He's been really thoughtful about how to craft his careers so that he can have flexibility in his schedule to really volunteer for his community. He's incredibly passionate about making small towns places that are still full of opportunity for people so they can live full lives and live their dreams. And one of the ways that he does that is by coaching the local mock trial program, which just made it to state. So congratulations. Yes, thank you. (laughs) So Parker, are there other things that we should know about you? I mean, you covered it pretty well. I just felt like when I was growing up, there were a lot of opportunities there's kind of a misconception of if you want opportunities, you have to go to a city or someplace bigger. Like that's where opportunities are. But growing up, I feel like there were a lot of opportunities I was given that I wouldn't have gotten if I was in a city. And so once I realized community was my passion, it was just like, that's that's what I want to do is why not get back to my small town? And I just like small town living because there's almost a stillness and more calmness to it than there is sometimes just in the hustle of the city. Yeah, I love that. And one of the things that I've really appreciated getting to watch you do what you want to do, like make that really happen, is taking the agency to say, hey, we are the builders and the creators of our communities. And so how do we build the community that we want to live in? And it's been really inspiring to watch that. So today we're switching things up just a little bit. Rather than me interviewing Parker, Parker's going to be interviewing me. He's going to be asking me some questions. And we're doing this recording live as a part of a small business Saturday event in Pocahontas, Iowa. So Parker, hit me up. What are the questions you got for me? Yeah. So 
This whole idea, it's the Leonard Olson Memorial Art Walk is what we do on our Small Business Saturday. And so a guy who owned a kaleidoscope factory, which is literally just as it sounds, he made kaleidoscopes. He passed away in 2019, but he had started this event and I want to say 2014. And so we're kind of just keeping that tradition going and we've added his name to it. And so this is just how we try to encourage people to shop local on Small Business Saturday. And so we try to incorporate as many different art and artists and just things as we can into the event. And so when I was thinking of something we could do at the theater, I was like, Danielle, you have your podcast. Like, we should do that. Yes. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. And so I, as I was kind of thinking about, you know, what I could maybe bring to the table. A question that has just baffled me a lot is how do businesses and community organizations, especially like volunteers, plan for something in kind of an off season when they have more time to be thinking through logistics and, you know, things they want to do versus then being in the heat of the moment when maybe a grant deadline is due or whatever, you know, maybe it's in the middle of holiday shopping season, but you know, in order to make this happen in the next year, you need to be working on it now. How can you kind of better plan to execute your goals and long-term vision. Yeah. And so that's what I wanted to chat with you about. Yeah, I was really excited when you and I were chatting and sort of envisioning what today could be like because we've gotten to talk a little bit about some of the challenges of the small businesses that you get to serve here in Pocahontas. And by thinking about that in light of some of my own experiences doing consulting and coaching and then, you know, running my own small business as well. I think that what you're grasping is a is a challenge that is not just unique to here, right? One, I would sort of say in in line with the plan goal plan philosophy, if you will, is that I would say first of all, if small business owners as well as maybe their team of people that they have working with them have some planning foundations in place, it becomes really helpful. Because what that does is when you set goals, now you have a practice in place that's going to help you keep evaluating them and stay on track of them. So if you set a goal in January, but you know you aren't going to get to it till August, well, how the heck do you remember in August that that's what you were up to, right? So if you have these planning foundations in place, both, both personal, for like business owners, I think it's really important to have all right, what am I going to do daily to decide what are my priorities in the business? What do I, how do I think through that at a weekly, monthly, quarterly mm-hmm. process? But then if you have that in place and you have some team planning practices in place too, you can communicate out, all right, this is what our focus is this quarter. Mm-hmm. But then next quarter, we're going to be shifting our focus. And so I would say first establish a planning foundation. Mm-hmm. And that way you now have checkpoints in place to remind you of the big dreams that you had yeah. four months ago. Yeah. I should have brought a pen. I'm like, oh, I should be taking notes right now. <laughs> Don't worry. I can send you the transcript. <laughs> but I think that I, I do think that like making sure that you just plan and that that actually happens first is really important because I think people jump into goal setting and then they're like, well, my goals aren't coming to fruition. And I didn't know how to break them down or I didn't Mm -hmm. know when I was going to do them or I couldn't figure out like life changed. So my plans changed. And I think that goals are not necessarily meant to be a destination, but a direction. And so in order to make sure that you just keep moving in the direction, but that you have some sort of system in place that's nimble enough Mm -hmm. that you can keep making those adjustments as you go. (laughs) is really important. So I'd say, you know, a planning foundation first. And then I think that when you set goals, 
one thing that is really helpful for me is to think about what goals are goals that I need to be doing year long Mm -hmm. and what goals are ones that I'm going to focus on in quarter one, quarter two, quarter three, and quarter four. And you talk about your work a lot in seasons. And I love that, that you all have seasons. There's like a rhythm to your work. Mm -hmm. And so what's nice is if you're sitting down and you've brainstormed all of these different goals that you could have, you can go, oh, well, I know in the fall is a really busy season for us. Mm -hmm. If you know that, you go, well, we can't do 15 other things. Mm -hmm. I know what my capacity is for the fall. So what is the one thing that Mm -hmm. we're going to do in the fall? Mm -hmm. And so I think that that really helps you. Or you know if there's opportunities that come up, you can say, hey, if an opportunity comes up, this is where we're in our slower season. That's Mm -hmm. where I can embrace that opportunity. What ideas are sparking? Yeah, well, like, okay, this is more of, I guess, like a call-out compliment, but we have a new business to open in town. They put out a thing on Facebook that was kind of their, like, next year's plan and they broke it down into quarters like q1 we're going to have all of these things q2 and it was literally like a graphic and they had the logos associated because they're a comic shop meltdown games and comics is the name they had like all of these things that were relevant to their customers that people would recognize and it was almost like a marvel cinematic universe type of graphic where they were like in 2024 we have this movie in 2025 like we'll have these things and it was just so impressive to me that they were like showing that and i think that helps through my eyes of them, like give some accountability to, hey, we're sharing this with you because these are our intentions. And I think that's scary to do sometimes, especially from like my stance with the chamber, because you want to make sure you deliver on those things. Absolutely. And not have people, you know, get mad at you for not bringing them to fruition. So it's easier to just like secretly plan. The other thing that comes to my mind, too, is I think of some groups I'm in where we'll have meetings. And I feel like a lot of the meeting is just regurgitating. So we've been working on this project. Have you finished that last, you know, the final report for the grant yet? Is that done? And it's not so much what do we actually need to talk about then to lay the groundwork for planning and get it better done. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so I think you're hitting on a few really important points here. One, I think the first point of you said, oh, I like getting to see that but I'm hesitant to sometimes say that we're going to do something and then not be able to do it. And then Mm -hmm. we don't deliver. I've once had somebody ask me like, oh, well, how do you get all these things done? I say, well, I say yes. And then I figure it out. (laughs) And so I actually think that a really great way to hit your goals is to make it public Mm -hmm. and to tell somebody that you're going to do it. And that if you tell somebody that you're going to do something, you might just show up and do it. Now, I do think that there are times where you may not be able to deliver on the thing that you said. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's important that you just keep open your lines of communication to your audience, to your potential clients, to your potential customers and say, hey, you know, we had said that we were going to do this. We've decided not to. This is why. Mm -hmm. And I think that if you can just be open and clear and communicative about that, that people are actually much more willing to like go along with it and like nobody's paying as much attention to it as you are yes and i will say from the chamber standpoint you know there's been things where like we have intentions of doing an event or doing a thing and it's like okay we're pivoting on this and this is why and when you do provide that reasoning of like here is what we're seeing from our viewpoint it does help kind of bring grace and i think a lot of people are more accepting of things than it sometimes comes across because and there's always going to be hard heads in the world but a lot of times if you can explain this is our reasoning and have just an open conversation about it, then people are more like, oh, well, I get it. And, you know, 
they'll maybe even step up to help next year. Like if it's an event that didn't get done or a thing, they'll be like, oh, well, I was looking forward to it, but I totally get it. And let me like, what can I do to help? Yeah. Yeah. I think that it does. It opens up opportunities for people to say, hey, I'm really invested in making sure that this thing does happen. And if you all can't do it, here's how I could contribute to it. And now you're actually opening things up to collaborations that maybe couldn't have happened before. Letting people know that you're saying no to this right now Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that it's going away forever. Because I do find that people get really anxious sometimes if it's like, but every single year Mm -hmm. in the summer, we do this event. And this year you're not doing this event. Is it gone forever? Rest assured, Mm -hmm. deep breaths. Just because we aren't going to do it this year doesn't mean that it's gone forever. We've just decided to prioritize something else this year. Yeah. And that's very much, you know, we have Heritage Days as our big town summer celebration. And so there's certain events. It's easy to fall into the trance of we're doing the same thing because we've done it before. So it's easy to do again. We know what we're doing and you don't necessarily add new stuff. And so I really try to push our board of directors and keep that in mind of like, let's retire this thing, especially if it's not as popular as it once was. And bring it back in a couple of years. Like it's not gone forever, but we can just kind of add that newness to help keep it fresh and keep people feeling like it's not just the same thing again and again and again. Absolutely. And I think that the other thing that you were talking about is really, really common where there are organizations or teams or an office where you might have like a retreat at the beginning of every single year and you set your goals and then you have your regular meetings. And those meetings are completely detached from that retreat or the goals that you set there. And I think that that's why also combining planning and goal setting is so important, because if you can set your goals and then say, all right, in order to set these goals and achieve them, then in our October meeting, we need to be hitting these milestones and planning for this to happen between October and November. And then at our November meeting, we're going to go back to those sets of goals. And we're going to say, this is what happened and this is what needs to happen so that we hit the next milestone in December. And so actually, what's really helpful is to use that goal setting to actually determine the agenda Mm. of what your next year's meetings should be covering. Yeah. And it's a way for you to not forget those things, too. So if if in January you set a goal that you can't even start working on until May, all of a sudden now you have a plan in place, our May agenda is going to have these items on it. And we're going to put those items on that agenda right now. And we're going to bring them back. So it should be, it should be always thinking about how can we put these goals into action? And how do we have some plans in place for bringing ourselves back to those goals over and over and over again? So one question I have for you on, you know, getting your goal set up and everything is a lot of small businesses sometimes I think will face the chicken or the egg scenario where it's like, okay, I have this idea to expand my business. It's not necessarily in the budget or it's going to really stress the budget. But do I make that expansion in hopes that it will bring more customers in? Or do I need to try to hone my craft more and get it stronger and get in a better situation and then make the expansion? And so how can you kind of use goal planning to maneuver tricky situations like that? Yeah, I think that this is a really challenging one because, you know, you hear you know, you hear the phrases like you have to spend money to make money yeah. and things like that. And there's there's some truth to those sayings. Like they didn't just appear for, for nothing. <laughs> right. But at the same time, like you do need to make responsible decisions. And I think also right now, an exciting thing about running a business in the world right now is that there are so many different ways 
that you can do business. Like even the cool potential of owning a business, for example, in Pocahontas is that you can have this really tight knit local business that's rooted in a place while at the same time have some global outreach. I think that's how a lot of small town businesses can succeed too, because you only have so big of a pool to pull from. But really, if you look at it and you're able to create an online presence and sell things that way, then you can really expand and be able to serve your community that way and put your community on the map. Leonard that I mentioned earlier, the the Kaleidoscope factory, there was one day he had someone traveling from the West Coast and someone from the East Coast, and they were in a store on the same day. And he was like, this is crazy. And he was always one that I don't know how many online orders he did. His family does now that is running it. They sell stuff online, but he very much just would advertise in creative ways to bring people in. It's so great. And I mean, that's so exciting because there's so many possibilities. But I think that that also can it confuse you Mm -hmm. as a business owner. Do you try to do all of these things at once? Mm -hmm. And what happens is that they don't show up any one place consistently. Mm -hmm. And so I do think that there is value in saying, I'm going to do one thing well, Mm -hmm. and then I'm going to move on and I'm going to do another thing well. Yeah. And so one of the things that can be really helpful with goal setting to help with this chicken and the egg issue is I think one when I teach people how to set personal goals we use life domains so like friendship family health Mm -hmm. I like to do the same when setting goals with businesses but to think about what are the domains of your particular business Mm. and you get to set your own domains so that might be marketing and publicity, team building, financial growth. It might be grant writing. Mm-hmm. So what are the aspects, different aspects, the different domains? And then brainstorm goals in each of those domains. Then once you have them, you go, okay, how am I going to reach those goals? And what needs to happen when over the course of a year? Mm-hmm. And you don't have to do all of those goals all the time. So your focus might only be on two or three things in any given quarter. Yeah, And you build those things for three months and then you go, okay, I have a foundation. I'm not going to completely quit doing that, but now I'm going to add on to the next. And I do think one thing happens in the financial goal is if you're like, okay, I know that I need to contribute money to this, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to make sure that I earn this much money. And once I've earned this much money, then I can invest in that. Yeah. Or you might say, I'm going to go ahead and do this, but then that's my priority for 90 days to make that thing that I just invested in go. And that means that you might be saying no to other things. Mm -hmm. You might be saying no to things that you have been doing. And I actually find that the thing that prevents growth a lot of the time isn't people not saying yes to opportunities. It's people not being willing to say no to the things that are getting in the way of them taking the opportunities they need to Mm -hmm. and fully committing to them. Yeah. And that's, you know, so with actually both the theater and the chamber, I have a board that oversees me, a board of directors. And, you know, the theater one, I'm the manager, like I'm handling the day to day. They're more of like, hey, do we want to do this big project or this big project first? And kind of that, that sort of planning. The chamber one is a lot more focused on events. So they oversee me, but it's a lot of like, So this is the next annual event coming up. Who's able to help with it? That sort of thing. And it would be great to have a board member that wants to help the same amount as me on every event. But I know that's not realistic. And so it is like I would rather have you committed to one event that you're going to like show up for and be there and help make sure all of the big pillars of it are done versus trying to help with like four of them. Yeah. And, you know, not be able to be there as much. 
Absolutely. As you are. And so that's something that I've just learned over the years, kind of saying, okay, you know, this is the one event that everyone, Heritage Days, it's a huge one that we need pretty much all hands on deck. But then the rest of them, it's you kind of just pick and choose what's your interest and we'll make it work. And like I said, every event's not the same every year. Some years are bigger and some years are smaller and you just kind of roll with what the atmosphere of that year is and what you are able to do. Yeah. Yeah. I I love that. If you're a helper, (laughs) you want to help with everything all of the time. But I do think that there can be a lot of freedom in saying, I'm going to really fully commit and pay attention to this one thing and to recognize and to hear from you that like you're giving them permission Mm -hmm. to show up fully for one thing and that it's okay for you to pull back Mm -hmm. on these other things if you need to. And so I think I mean, I think that's great leadership. Go Parker. (laughs) And I've learned that's just the best way to plan it, too, because you just you can't, especially with a volunteer board, you can't expect them to be at everything all the time. And so it is just very much this is the best way to approach it because we want people to be excited to serve on the board and recommend it to others. We don't want them going off saying, well, this was a lot of work and I didn't get a good experience. And, you know, we want we know we need more people to either serve again on the board or be willing to encourage others to. And so we just yeah, we want. A happy mindset leaving it. Yeah. So sometimes the right opportunity, like a personal one I have, is there was a grant that I knew was coming up with a deadline in November. And so we had just gotten through Heritage Days and Car Show. It wasn't harvest yet. I wasn't helping on the family farm. And so I kind of had some downtime and was able to plan or at least be thinking about like what the next things are that I'll have. And I knew there would be a grant coming up that I wanted to apply for. I didn't have the actual application. I could base it, of course, off of previous years, but I couldn't actually write the one for this year. And so, you know, how do you kind of set up the plans to make something like that happen where you know it's coming and you know it'll be a good opportunity, but you know it's hitting during a really tough season to say an extra yes to something? Yeah. So I think that this is a tough one because if you're doing things really efficiently, right, if you're making decisions where you're using your time the best that you can, it's really hard sometimes to go, okay, an opportunity came up. Now, how do I create space for it? (laughs) And well, one, I do think that if you know that now is not the right time, but you, you do trust that other grants like that will be available for you to write in the future, you can use that to a little bit at a time over the year, start writing up the things that you would need to, to have on hand that when the next grant comes up that you can apply for You've already done all of this writing and preparation for it. And you'll be able to hopefully, I find that when you write those things that a lot of times you can refunction it. Mm -hmm. It takes a little bit of massaging. But once you have kind of a template there, if you will, that you can reuse some of that. Yeah. And so how do you make it a priority during maybe those downtimes to create some of those documents that maybe are not of use now, Mm -hmm. but trusting that in the future, you are going to have a busy week, but have an opportunity. And how do you just have something on hand? And I think back to, you know, reflecting on it now, the biggest piece of it, because we were wanting to apply for trash cans to get for our main street. And so the biggest piece of it would have been finding what actual trash cans we want and like having that in order. Because then, you know, making up the rest of the narrative around it, a lot of the times that stuff is in my head. Because when I'm in the tractor or doing other things, where I'm even like working out, I'm able to kind of think through ideas. And so it's all up here. It's just getting that time to sit down and like put it pen to paper, you know, type it out. And I feel like that's a lot of busy people's problems. It's like they have the ideas. It's just getting the time to actually execute them. 
Absolutely. And it can be so frustrating. I know I'm like kind of in a season right now where we're moving to the holidays. And so that's really busy personal life. But also we're at the end of a semester and I'm a professor. And so I've got to get students graduated. I need to get students through with their semester. I need them to hit certain milestones. And I have a bajillion ideas in my head right now that want to like are desperate for coming out. And I'm like, you got to be patient. (laughs) And I do think that it is helpful. I love to have ways to jot down those ideas and to figure out where they are so that later I can find them again. But I love the idea of just going, Okay, well, what do I need to know? I need to know how many trash cans that we would need. I need to know how much the trash cans would cost. Mm -hmm. And if I can just have that on hand so that when I do need that, I can grab it and we can go. That's really, really helpful. Or if you have little pieces of all these ideas that have been in your head, maybe it's recording voice memos to yourself while you're Mm -hmm. working out or in the tractor. Or I have a spreadsheet, a Google spreadsheet, that's just an idea catalog. Mm -hmm. And I have different categories down at the bottom. And if I just go, ooh, well, where where was that idea? I can go to my idea catalog and kind of find it really quick. Sometimes I think that we just have to go, if getting that grant right now is the thing that would make the biggest impact Mm -hmm. on your business or the people that you serve, it might mean I'm going to say yes and figure it the heck out. Mm -hmm. And figuring it the heck out sometimes means there's something that I've already committed to and Mm -hmm. said I was going to do, and I've got to find a way to not do it. And that is hard. And I think that there are ways to quit well. Yeah. (laughs) And so you have to think about, like, how do I relieve myself of this responsibility and do it responsibly? Yeah. But I think that there are just times, though, where if you can say to people, hey, we have this huge grant opportunity. This is why it's so important for us to serve you long term that we take this up right now. Yeah. That means, though, in order for us to have the capacity to do that. We're going to have to say no to this thing. You explain it to people. You hope that they understand. But sometimes you have to make the difficult decision Mm -hmm. and you're going to have people upset. But you know that you're making the decision for the reasons that that are best. Yeah. Sometimes it's no, I can find another opportunity like this later and Mm -hmm. kind of trusting that opportunities are abundant and they'll be back and preparing yourself for it. Other times it's saying yes now, Mm -hmm. jumping on that opportunity and clearing other things out if it's that important. This wraps up part one of this two-part series on planning and setting goals for small business owners. It was such a joy. As a quick recap, we had an amazing conversation about the importance of planning foundations for businesses and community organizations. We talked about the need to set goals and establish checkpoints to maintain flexibility. And we talk about the challenges of balancing volunteer commitments, handling board dynamics, and addressing the chicken or the egg scenario when it comes to deciding on business expansion. So I hope that this episode has helped you think about how planning and setting goals can help you navigate tricky situations and make responsible decisions as a business owner. I, I wish for you delightful planning and goal setting that creates clarity for your business create connections between you and your coworkers, between you and your clients or your customers. And I wish for you wonderful growth as you prepare for a new year. Be well, friends. If this podcast has inspired you, guided you, or just made you laugh, the number one way that you can thank me is by leaving a written review for the show over on Apple Podcasts. 
I'm seriously tickled every time that I hear from you all. So pop onto Instagram and follow Plan Go Plan and digital message me. I want to say hello. I want to geek out about all things planning and goal setting. Keep sensing the possibilities, y'all.